0: Legislative Council has come in for a fair bit of stick recently for its very short sittings. Just 21 sittings each year outside of Tinwald and the relatively passive, if not silent, public face of LegCo members. It's fair to say that MLC's Tanya August Hansen and Bill Henderson have been stung by recent public criticism of LegCo. Here's what they had to say when I caught up with them last week. Ledco members, alongside uh, Keys members, get paid significant sums of uh, taxpayers' money, but in a, in effect, you only meet uh, on 21 days of the year, and uh, f- f- for formal Ledco sessions, and and an occasional uh, sitting of uh, Timewell. I think there's other nine or ten uh, Timewell sittings a year. Um, that doesn't seem bad, um, sort of in terms of the the pay compared with the hours that you have to work.
1: Well, that's an easy thing to say, Phil, and um, an easy throwaway comment to uh, engender a headline. If you just focus on one chapter of the Ledgeco book, uh, then yeah, you could set, you could point that observation out. But as there is a whole book to look at. I think there's far more in the round than uh, possibly meets the eye of the public are aware of, and that goes both for the Legislative Council and the House of Keys. And of course, the formal sittings that were focused upon to make those uh, observations is um, giving a bit of a skewed picture, really, because in reality, the amount of work behind each sitting that goes on before we even get to the sitting can be quite phenomenal and then on top of that the tin wall sittings themselves and the preparatory work that goes into that is quite um substantial at times and then on top of that there's the departmental work if a member wishes to uh, take on departmental duties and i speak for both the house of keys and the legislative council on that particular matter because departmental work can be quite onerous being a political member working with a minister in a government position and a lot of that work is never seen on the front pages of the Isle of Man media but in fact it's going on day in and day out so if a sitting in Legislative Council the House of Keys only lasts a morning the true fact is that the work is still going on in the background members are still putting their time in and certainly for the likes of the house of keys um they've got an enormous amount of constituency work on top of the legislative work on top of their uh, departmental work legislative council are a bit less or light on constituency work obviously but nonetheless we do get inquiries from the public and have to respond to them and work on various cases or make representations on behalf of island-wide constituents, if I can put it like that. So there's an awful lot of work that's been ignored in some of those comments that we've heard recently, but the reality of it is people have got their nose to the grindstone and in the most part, in all my years here, I've seen that most members work particularly hard, both in Keys and in Legco. To comment with regards to the sitting times, I mean, the House of Keys are suffering the same aspect at the minute, or have done, because their legislative time is exactly the same as Legislative Council's legislative time, barring question time which is more appropriate in the House of Keys because the ministers are present too, where uh, feel the questions. But if you take that out, the House of Keys have had the same amount of legislation as the Legislative Council have. And it's building up in the background at the minute where there's going to be some very, very busy sessions, same as we saw in the last administration. And the other problem, of course, is with the last administration, the amount of legislation that was worked through then comes the problem of introducing the secondary legislation that goes with that to actually energize the bills that were passed and that's taken a considerable amount of time currently and it's caused a slow down in part with the introduction of new bills to the house of keys and the legislative council so there's catch-up to do but i can see by the end of this administration uh, there will be quite a considerable amount of legislation put through both branches.
0: And uh, Tanya, I mean, one of the um, answers that is is given when when we say, "Well, there's hardly any legislation going through," uh, keys, or and, and obviously then f- therefore Legco people say, "Well, we sh- we shouldn't just be coming up with legislation for the sake of it." Um, but you know, we've got a housing crisis. We've got uh, a massive problem with uh, public finances at the moment, uh, a whole range of issues, uh, climate change, uh, uh, lots and lots of things that need fixing. Um, so uh, legislation is needed in in many cases to, to sort these problems out.
2: Yes, it is. But um, it isn't the only thing. I mean, legislation, and we've got um, five drafters in the Attorney General's chambers, and they are exceptionally good. Um, drafters uh, they're very 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 um, you know well placed to do the job that they're doing and um, but there is sort of an, a limit to the amount of work that they can actually get done um, not everything does need legislating for actually it takes about 18 months on average um, from principles of a piece of legislation for you know what what is this going to look like what do we want to achieve here what what is sort of the, the devilment that we're trying to fix Um, You know, it takes about 18 months on average um, for a medium-sized bill to make it through government. Um, So it does take a considerable amount of time to draft, to sort of work up the policy. Um, to do that um, pre-legislative scrutiny work in there, whether it that be from officers or be from political members. Um, you know there is an awful lot of iterative process as well in trying to make sure that we're benchmarking across other jurisdictions, not just the UK, but other jurisdictions, um to ensure that what we're creating is is exactly right and is exactly right for the Isle of Man. It takes time. But again, you don't need to legislate um, for everything. I think um, Mrs. Lord Brennan and um, the um, MHK for Glen Faber and Peel made mention of that in this Timwold sitting just gone because um, we were talking about, um, you know, sort of a, a bill that would um, a family's bill, basically, that that Wales have have sort of pulled together that was um, in one of the recommendations from the Population Committee. Um, And what she said there was, you know, we can just get on with this stuff, actually. It's policy. Um, Climate change, let's get on with this stuff. It's policy. I think about 60% of the climate change legislation has actually been enacted, enact the rest of it. Like, you know, there's, there's an awful lot that needs to be done we know that the the back end of the last administration, we had an awful lot of legislation. I mean, I brought through Legislative Council the sexual offences legislation, the domestic abuse legislation. I worked on justice reform, liquor licensing. All of those are huge pieces of legislation that um, we're now, you know, with... They sat with um, the Minister for Justice and Home Affairs and her department. Um, she's got um, certain amount of resource in there. They're plugging away at it. All of the stakeholders are engaged in that. Um, but that's then priority. So um, you know, even if you manage to pass all of this legislation and get it through, there are still blockers in terms of um, you know the stakeholders and and how busy they are, how they've prioritised their workload and what they've got on. So there's an awful lot more to this whole process than just. Legislation um, in um, through the branches and getting it out the other side because once you actually get it out the other side, you've got to implement it.
0: And, and yet, um, a lot of the legislation is largely how would you put it? I was going to say apolitical. I mean, everything that that you do is political in, in some regard. But you know, a lot of uh, legislative change that is identified as being needed is the same regardless of, w- of which um, form an administration takes. So presumably the previous administration must have had legislative ideas that it didn't have time to fulfil. Um, I mean, I've I noticed that two or three of the bills that have gone through in the last uh, year or two are bills that I started work on when I was uh, <laughs> environment minister, and that, that's back in 2014. So, so I mean, it's... Uh, it. I don't know, what, what, what is it about administrations that they have this incredible uh, lack of interest in legislation for the first few years and then suddenly they try and pile everything well, at the last uh, minute?
1: I think that's an easy comment again to make, Phil. It, it, it could be classed as a throwaway comment. I don't think it's uh, uh, as straightforward as you make out there. The um, problem is prioritising what you've got in each of the government departments to start with. Um, And we all know that general elections bring with it a, a period of uncertainty and settling in as well, where a new cabinet is formed, new departmental memberships are formed. There may well be government staff changes in the throes of that as well. And priorities may actually change. It's not that the legislation's just been thrown in a bin. It's a fact, and other uh, external factors may have come along. And certainly, I know everyone says about COVID and all the rest of it, but that has had a monumental impact across government and on the minute sort of resources the Isle of Man has. And of course,
0: that's also terms. that's also in relation to you know, COVID. It wasn't just that loads of people... Were, were having to work from home and, and there wasn't the same interaction. Um, but also lo- there was loads of legislation associated with it.
1: Yeah, there was. And the thing is that any resource available to government, what it was doing at that point in time, it was taken off that. And it was all applied to the um, COVID crisis, basically. And that does include legislation and so on. And a lot of things were put on the back burner because government needed to cope with the emerging crisis. They didn't have any choice in the matter. It was a huge issue facing our community at the time. And then we have the financial issues that have um, subsequently occurred with regards to inflation, fuel price hikes, um, the oil gas market and the supply and demand issues, Ukraine war, and what the Russians have uh, done to the Ukraine or trying to do to the... It's all had a monstrous impact. We're only 85,000 people in a small North Atlantic island at the end of the day. Sometimes we're compared to the huge bureaucratic machinery of Westminster, and we most certainly are not. We try our best and we punch well above our weight at times, but there is a limit to what actually is achievable. And if you try to rush things especially with legislation and policy, you run straight into the trap of unintended consequences and you're producing a poorer standard of legislation or a poorer standard of policy and then you run into the, as I say, the unintended consequences on the other side of that and that's where the public feels the pinch then because things haven't been set up quite right and then they have to be revisited or uh, representations made to MHKs with regards to certain issues.
0: You're listening to Agenda with MLCs Tanya August Hansen and Bill Henderson. The other thing with legislation is um, there's no, not an awful lot of point in passing legislation if you have no desire or resource to actually implement it properly and enforce it properly.
2: Um, there is opportunity um i mean obviously that then needs to be addressed in terms of treasury and treasury concurrence to do various different things but um it's you know implementation of a piece of legislation you have it, it usually affects it doesn't just affect one department it will affect places like registries it will affect and the attorney general's chambers because they have all of the secondary um drafters in there at the moment and um, who were actually working as policy and legislation. Um, people over in, in departments, um, and then were moved into the Attorney General's chambers at the start of this administration. And that policy arm was cut away because the AGCs don't do policy, um, quite rightly they don't do policy. So then the expectation is okay, drafting instructions from the departments, but where are the policy people to do the drafting instructions? So there's all kinds of factors that have kind of been at play. But I agree, I agree with what Bill has said. Like you know, um, we can't blame everything on COVID. No, we can't, hundred percent. But um, that COVID period um, was, you know, yes, we legislated an awful lot. All of that um, was essentially applied. It, that, that, all of that resource was, was COVID legislative.
0: And, and of course, the other thing about your role is you're not just here to consider the, the detail of legislation and then make the case. You also have to do a bit of politicking as well to, to ensure that you get the support you need.
2: Uh, that's kind of, um, I mean, at the end of the day, legislative council, if we're just talking about the very small part of the role that, that um, you know, Mr. Henderson was discussing earlier on, it is one chapter in legislative council. I mean, the last administration, just using um, justice reform as an example, um, but, you know, we suggested things back to the House of Keys, like, you know, improving harassment provisions within the Harassment 2000 Act, um, you know, and we, and we did exactly that. It's Jane Paul Wilson that moved it in the last, in, um, the last administration. Um, you know, the domestic abuse legislation was changed. The ages were altered, and then we ended up with a conference between Keys and Council regarding that. So yes, there is a degree of, of suggesting back to the House of Keys because that's what we're here to do. If there is something that's missing, of course we will do that. Regarding politicking, I mean, just as an example, I've got two departments. I've got seven um, parliamentary. Committees. Um, I'm on the Coman Legislative Subcommittee as well. So, yes, um, the Coman Legislative Subcommittee, by the way, is not a management committee. It is very, very much a, you know, keeping eyes across what is going on. Um, the Attorney General, say, for example, is on that committee alongside ministers. Um, so, but the, the the rest of it, you've got um, committees like, say, for example, um, the chair of the Constitutional Legal Affairs and Justice Committee. We brought the Justice, um, the Youth Justice report through um, those um, then go into Timwald those policy discussions are, are happening in Timwald that sort of finding the consensus between ourselves and you know the government department that we hold to account um, or one of um, the department for home affairs and also dhsc we're also involved um, health and social care and um, there is a degree of politicking going on there because you need to find that consensus you need to take it through Timwald in the right format with um, an update to where each one um, on the parliamentary side, the research going on there, and the um, government side with you know what's already been achieved and matching that up to the best possible benefit moving forward. Yeah there, there is politicking that goes on yes.
0: And, and I mean I, I recall when uh, I was Minister, uh, I think there's was only once I ever went to Tynwald knowing, that I didn't have enough votes to win. I hadn't already got the vote sorted in advance, if you know what I mean, because you go around and you talk to people and you find out, well, what do you think about such and such and so-and-so. And Um, and actually, that particular vote, uh, I I managed to win on on a very skullduggerous and sneaky way because two of the members who I knew were going to vote against me were hadn't returned to the chamber so i quickly moved the the motion and uh, we got the vote through and i won by one vote on that occasion but um does, does that sort of uh, politicking happen it, you know, i mean bill you've been around for so well is it four maybe five administrations now um ha- have you noticed any specific changes over recent administrations or is it pretty much the same as as it's always been
1: no is the uh, honest answer to that phil i've been around long enough to see every chief minister administration that's been so far and i started life off in the house of keys um with sir miles walker sitting behind me so he was the island's first chief minister and subsequent administrations have followed suit uh followed in uh, sir miles's footsteps The changes that I've seen, I could uh, spend hours uh, discussing that, Phil, but there certainly has been uh, many, many changes over the years to both the legislative process, the policy-making process, and one of the key changes that's very important to me and certainly in my heart is the way that Tinwold government current administrations are more open and more transparent and more willing to sit down and listen to members. And the constant call now is, please come and see me, my door is always open. And with regards to your politicking question there, Phil, I think a large part of a politician's role, uh, whether it be working for government or independently as a Tinwell member, is consultation negotiation and compromise and you have sometimes you have to swallow your pride and look at a compromise because at the end of the day you're looking what's best for the community what's best for the Isle of Man mightn't be suit you personally or emotionally but you've got to look at the bigger picture and it's getting that perspective and this administration certainly is more open to that and uh, The days when I came in here first, it was very, very confrontational. We hear new members saying about how confrontational it can be now, but by golly, it is nothing compared to when I entered politics first. And if you look at Westminster, I mean, this is a kindergarten here compared to uh, some of the spats that we see in Westminster Parliament. And certainly if you were facing an adversary such as uh, Angela Rayner, you wouldn't know what hit you half the time. And she's very able, uh, a very able politician who can stick up for herself and her party and deliver a very powerful message. But I don't think that's quite suitable for our tin mould. But uh, the way we do business here also is uh, exceptionally well um, tempered as well, uh, Phil. And we, we, I think we get more done as a result of that. But the Changes um, overall have been quite phenomenal, subtle in places, but we've developed to a position now where I feel we're far more open, less confrontational than when I first came in, due to the change of administrations, changes of attitudes especially, and um, ministers and chief ministers, especially the current chief minister, I'm quite impressed with his way that he relates to backbenchers especially, people aren't dismissed and put down, people are actually listened to or actually invited into his office and uh, talk to me about this, give me your views, give me the evidence, let's have a think about this, where can we go with a compromise?
0: One of the uh, roles that Legico does have, and sadly we are coming to the end of the programme now, um, is um, holding keys back a bit and saying, hang on, are you sure about this? Um, There were a number of examples of that in Tinwood's this month.
2: Um potentially actually with the the i don't think that the conversation is really over with the the bishop's um vote and position in Timwald i think likely that's going to sort of crop back up again from a number of back benches um i don't i don't think i think that sometimes um legislative council whether it be actually in the legislative council chamber legislating or being in Timwald court i think sort of um the only power that we've really got um is delay we don't really have any other power that the doesn't exist and, and on the
0: bishop uh, <laughs> thing there, there was a, um, a, 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 very, very a yeah vote. but but there was support yeah. in 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 keys f- to remove the bishop's vote i think wasn't there um but uh, uh, but not, not, not removing the, the bishop
2: um because there were there were eight members of keys i think um that voted for it um the, the way that it sort of went So we had the amendment from the Speaker of the House of Keys, um, which amended uh, Mrs. Maltby's amendment to Joni Farragher's motion. Um, I think that with... Um mr speaker's amendment um mrs maltby's motion would have made perfect sense which is exactly what was said in the chamber and um, once that was lost you ended up with mrs maltby's motion mrs maltby's motion i think was 14-4 in the house of keys um, and then legco voted against Um, legco voted against because mr speaker's um, um amendment had lost had gone and um, so it made even less sense to then vote for it um, so it's it, it that's precisely what happened there and then obviously once that was lost it when it went to vote on whether or not we should get rid of the bishop from Tim Mould and from um, legislative council um, and then only eight people actually voted for that Um so we, we need to be a little bit more um I think to say that that the House of Keys voted for Mrs Maltby's amendment and um Legislative Council voted against um, Mrs. Maltby's amendment. is slightly disingenuous without including Mr. Speaker's amendment was lost, and that's the reason why.
0: And There's Bill, also- very, very briefly, sadly, because we've only got a few minutes, le- a
1: few seconds left, really. There was um, a little bit of confusion as well with the amendments because some. Uh, backbenchers thought if he voted for the amendment it would solve it would be a great compromise but in fact if, you, if the amendments were successful it would still put us back to the point where we have the archbishop of york's letter on the table saying if the bishop loses his vote basically you, the island will lose the bishop and the bishopric
0: well are you convinced was LegCo blocking of key's desire to remove the bishop's vote the right thing to do Is LegCo a vibrant scrutinising tool essential to our future, or is it a rather outdated establishment very much in need of reform? Does government have far more important stuff to be getting on with than creating new law, or is new law essential to fixing the problems we face? Don't forget, this programme is available as a podcast on Radio's website. For now, though, I'm Phil Gawne. Mayo. thanks for listening.